We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Oh yes, it is Field of 68 After Dark on this Thursday, February the 9th, 2023. Sean Miller checks in the mail because he's a Field of 68 cast member till he dies. Giving us uh, a great word among all those coaches. Our new intro, shout out to our producers, Trevor Valise and Dagan Hughes for all that they do. Love that intro. It is fire coming out on Thursday night. It's good stuff. I'm John Fanta. Patrick Young's with us. Laval Jordan's with us. Fellas, it's a Thursday night where the the slate wasn't exactly Mm -hmm. loaded up with a ton of games. But we did see the number one team in the country, and that's where we begin. Coming up in just mere moments, we'll talk with Caleb first of Purdue, who had his third double-double of the season tonight as Purdue was back in action against Iowa, and the Boilers were looking to do what's been rare this year for them, respond from a loss. They did it, 87-73. They beat the Hawkeyes. They get to 23-2 and on the year. And it's amazing, Laval Jordan, because the question that we asked coming into this season was, what is this backcourt going to look like exactly? And with a fella who had number 196 next to him in the class recruiting rankings, his name is Braden Smith, and he is not 196. Right now, he's as good of a freshman guard that you're going to find the country. 24 points tonight, five assists. How has a freshman been able to thrive to the degree Smith has at Purdue? I, I, you know, it's a couple of things, John. Like one, he's a, you would have to know. Yeah. He's an Indiana kid. He's from Indianapolis area, Westfield high school. So, and he was a really good player there. And, you know, a lot of coaches didn't get to see him. You talk, what, what did COVID do? So, so Braden, because obviously we were right there in Indianapolis, but, COVID hits and you can't see guys play. You can't see anybody play for, you know, a whole high school season, the end of the high school season and the whole summer and into the next season. Right. 
So if you hadn't seen him when he was younger, you didn't get to see him uh, through through the COVID, you know, and then he commits to Purdue early. And obviously you could watch film and and, and that was the COVID recruiting process. But um, Mr. Basketball in Indiana, he's a tough, tough kid, man, mentally tough and believes in himself. He doesn't lack confidence at all. And so that's one. Two is it's it, he doesn't have to do what he did tonight every night, right? He's take care of the basketball, you know, run the sets and, and get the ball to the, to the most unguardable player in college basketball this year and, and then um, and step up and make shots. So And so he's got a really good role for a freshman. It's, all, it's tough because unless you're Brandon Miller, like if, if everything's on you as a freshman every night now – He's got to take care of the ball, and and that's a tough job, point guard in Purdue. But he's, you know, Matt's done a great job of just, you know, guiding him through it and letting him find his way. He he and Fletcher, and both of them have been, you know, phenomenal uh, for young players. And they've carried them at times, each of them. And that's a, you know, that's a compliment to their staff, their evaluation, their development. Um, you know, I know those guys really well, and I know how they do their work. And I would say this – from a leadership standpoint to see Zach Eady step in front of the microphone for Braden Smith the other night. Yes. And, and stand up for his point guard, uh, the freshman, and then see the freshman, you know, pay the big fella back tonight uh, is pretty big time. You know, they're double teaming. So yeah, Fran, Fran had to pick his poison. He said, we're going to double and not let Eady beat us. And uh, you know, so from a leadership, just what you want to see from your team as they, when they have each other's backs, it's like that's that's awesome to see. Patrick, what's the thing that's impressed you the most about Purdue? Oh, the thing that's impressed it has to be the guard play, the backcourt, um, their ability to continue to get better as the season is going on with being so young, being full of freshmen and Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, his ability as he's expanded. His, you can just see his confidence from the beginning of the season to where they are now, how well they run their sets, how well they're coached. Um, you know, it, it's it's not a one-horse pony uh, when it comes to Purdue. And, and Zach, Zach Eady is a unicorn when we're talking about a one-horse pony and his ability to just find space, score over whomever, uh, be the first one to the ball and rebounds. Um, but the way that because his, of his dominance, I, I believe it's created space for his guards to grow into their roles because he demands such attention. Um, and as we can see tonight, um, Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, uh, Caleb Hurst, all just trending in the right direction at the right time. Of course, coming off of a loss against a really tough Indiana team is in, in the big 10, it's hard to win on the road. I mean, that's, 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 that's almost any league, but especially when you, uh, uh, have so many teams that are projected to make oh, the tournament, especially that place, Patrick. Especially in that place, that was the last time they beat a number one team since 2013. Mm. I was on the other bench of the number one point, number team they beat in 2013. We went there with Michigan. Okay, and I thought it was the Kentucky were, game. We were one and they were three. And like you walk in there, at number one in Bloom in Assembly Hall in Bloomington. I mean, it was the loudest place I've ever been. So I know I what remember. they just walked into. <laughs> I, I remember Christian Watford. Oh yeah! Oh man, Lucky that game, was right? yeah, huge shot, shot of his life right there. But yeah, for sure, that's got to be. Um, and and you know, Iowa did a great job uh, with their press tonight. 
17 turnovers they forced Purdue into, and still Purdue ran away with this win. It got tight at one point in the second half. I think it, uh, they cut it to five, seven or five. I can't remember uh, what it was, but uh, just a flurry of offense uh, and defense on both sides. Zach Eady, you know, he was he was pretty quiet in the first half. Uh, that second half, his dunk, hook shock, hook shock, dunk, uh, I think a three, and then it was back to 15, just like that. The thing, the thing, John, that I, I've been impressed with is uh, to what Patrick said, yeah, the, the young guards for sure, but them defensively, like the first half tonight to, to hold – Tony Perkins is coming off a 30 ball. Yes. Right? And to hold Iowa to one three-point in the first half, and and obviously they don't – and they don't foul. So so here's the issue. You, you have to score from the field. And because Edie's back there, he has more block shots on the season than he has fouls. <laughs> so and so, yeah, isn't that inter- interesting? So that so Iowa doesn't shoot a free throw the entire first half. So so on the road, Patrick, that's part of the formula to, to quiet the crowd down, get to the foul line, you know, just to to try to take some of the juice out of the building. But they don't foul, and so you have to score. And but you can't get to the paint because Edie's in there. And and I thought, you know, their defense is for those young guys to be able to pick up defensively. As much as they're doing on offense, has been really impressive. Purdue goes to 12-2 and two in the Big Ten. They're four up in the win column in the race. They're three up in the loss column. They are clearly going to run away with a conference regular season title. Then the Big Ten is jumbled. We'll get to that here in a moment. But the Boilermakers, they win this game 87-73. to 73. And you think about the direction that they've been going in here. We said on Saturday night that the feeling that should take away is that we've learned about them more in the last week than maybe the three or four previous to that. We welcome all of you to Sirius XM College Channel 84. John Fanta here with you for the Field of 68 After Dark with the Coach Laval Jordan, with Patrick Young. We just wrapped up the Gonzaga game here on Sirius XM Channel 84. The Zags get their 20th win of the year and move to 9-2 and in WCC play as they beat San Francisco 99-88. to So 99-81, to rather. So we welcome all of you who just listened to Gonzaga and San Francisco. John Fanta, Laval Jordan, Patrick Young with you. And guys, we'll... Talk Zags a little bit uh, later in the show. We begin tonight, folks, on the Field of 68 After Dark with the Purdue Boilermakers. We've been talking about their win over Iowa, 87-73. to And the take that I have, gentlemen, is when you're dominating and winning at the level they have been in, in the Big Ten, of course, you're not going to frown about any of that or think about any of it. But on Saturday... On a day where their guards didn't always have it, the way that they fought at Indiana, and they were right in it. Now, they fell. They lost. But it felt like there could be positives to take from that loss. And tonight, how would they respond? They responded emphatically. The Purdue Boilermakers are a freight train. They have the best player on the planet. They have one of the best five coaches in college basketball. Best, best college basketball player on the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Best college basketball player on the planet, for sure. Uh, we know that we, we could talk about best those other players. 
but best college basketball player on the planet, one of the best five coaches in the sport, and a backcourt that has exceeded any and all expectations. Now, a monster inside has to do something with that, but it's also the system at which Matt Painter plays that allows for them to achieve this type of success. There are no holes to this team. And I think you brought it up, Laval. The defensive tenacity of Purdue makes them different from just any Purdue team. Yeah, that, that, to see them improve from last year to this year, obviously, Edie had to get better, you know, better in his pick and roll coverages. He got himself in shape, well conditioned this year. Um, but the really impressive part is the young guards, right? Typically, that that's who you're going to pick on is freshman guards. And you know that, Patrick. Like you're trying to find, you're trying to find those guys. And 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 again, they can funnel things to Zach Eady. So that's a that's a that's a luxury, right? Um, but I thought the Indiana game, you know, what was as good as Indiana played, and they they were impressive in the win. For Smith and and Lawyer, it wasn't like they weren't shook, Patrick. No. They just missed shots. They they were as fearless as they always are and played with the same amount of courage. They just didn't make them. It, but it wasn't like they – you know how you, you see a team on the road and and they're shook. You dribble the ball off your foot or, you know, afraid to take a shot. It, they, it wasn't that. They just didn't make them that night. Um, and then, obviously, they stepped up tonight and made them at home again. But, but that was the impressive thing about the Indiana losses. It wasn't like they were afraid – wasn't you know Indiana got up big they battled back but but they didn't really think they were rattled they just you know they just didn't make their shots mm -hmm. we've got Caleb first coming up on the show in our second segment Purdue winning tonight over Iowa 87 to 73 the Boilermakers clearly uh the class of the country I I thought it was Rather fitting, Patrick, that they stayed as the number one team in the nation, even after a loss. I mean, that that speaks volumes, too, and you could see why they stayed number one here tonight. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> Purdue had a 20, 20, 24-27-point loss that Alabama had against Oklahoma. True. Uh, so, something along those lines. On the road, uh, top, 30, 20, top 20 team in Indiana – a hard-fought battle. Um, I think it's pretty easy choice to understand why they would stay in that overall number one seed spot. Uh, the Houston's conference just isn't strong enough, not a strong enough win to just I, – th I, I think if it's similar to a boxing match, when uh, when you beat the – when you're going against the champ, you have to – you can't just be even with them. You got to prove that you deserve the – you deserve the belt. You got, you have to beat them down, and, and no one's proven that. Uh, that hasn't happened to Purdue thus far. Um, both their losses, very close, right in the mix of those games. A team that is, uh, I mean, Zach Eady had 33-18 and 18 in that Indiana game. Just to LaBelle's point, uh, you know, Braden Smith had four. just did knock down shots that game. And uh, Hush Shafino, he he played his, he played out of his mind. He probably wasn't the X, the X Factor guy on the scouting report that day, but you know, whenever you're you're you get the, an opportunity for the number one team to come into your place, you're going to be juiced up for that chance of getting a higher seating in the tournament. Hmm. Laval, I guess it, it, it they're the clear cut number one, right? I mean that we've we've all I think determined that. But if they aren't, if they aren't, who would it be in your book? 
You mean overall number one seed in the tournament? Or are you talking? I'm talking best team in the country. It's, I don't know if they, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, there's no, this year, it's not like, you know, you remember you had the Wichita State team that was undefeated uh, a few years back in Kentucky. You know, it's just not that this year. There's so much parity and everybody has kind of fallen at some point. I think there's a group at the top, but I don't know if there's a standout other than Purdue. I don't know if there's a standout, you know, just team. Houston's really good. Alabama would probably, that's where I would probably go next um, with Alabama, just defensively and offensively, the way that Nate has those guys playing. Uh, and then Brandon Miller is is phenomenal, um, you know. So I would probably go to Alabama next in terms of just teams that have kind of separated from the rest of the group in terms of their body of work. Um, that would probably be my next lean, you know, for next, you know, the yeah. best team, you know, arguably number one right there in that top three group. That makes Patrick happy that he's an SEC guy. Well, <laughs> it, it, it it's hard for me to argue for for Houston to be number one when their their last ranked matchup. I'm saying anybody ranked was was Virginia, December seventeenth, and they they don't play any other ranked games for the rest of the season. And and they Purdue, lost to Alabama. That yeah, that was before. But that the that was before. That was the 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 tenth. They lost to Alabama the tenth. <clears> then they beat Houston. Uh, or they beat Virginia, excuse me, they beat Virginia on the 17th of December. Then after that, it's been all nothing but unranked, unranked matchups. And they lost the lost the lost the temple. Uh lost the temple at home early, earlier, earlier this year. But yeah, it's hard for me to make the argument um in a mid with a, a team in a mid-major conference. You're coming out swinging calling the American a mid-major. Now <laughs> here's the thing that they're but you know what? You're not wrong because the fact is it's just not performing at the level that that it was made out to be. I mean, the fact is the Mountain West is better than the American. There's no question, no, not even remotely a question about that. The American's not a top six, top seven league. It's probably eighth, ninth. I mean, if, if you look at things. So it's going to be funny because Houston is the team that I think we all are – giving the benefit of the doubt to make a deep March run because Marcus Sasser and Jarris Walker, Jamal Shedd, the toughness level, Kelvin yeah. Sampson, they've got so many things going for them. But let's face it, they're not as clear-cut pinpoint to evaluate because of the league that they've planned. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to get to championship tiers tonight. We've got that coming up. That list is coming up in our third segment. But for now... We take a timeout. You're listening to Feel the 68 After Dark, presented by Bet River, Sirius XM, Channel 84. Trevor, chat's open. What's up? What's up, guys? First of all, somebody in the chat said John Fanta is the overall number one, not Purdue. Just said to throw that out there. Uh, Sam wants to know, is Matt Painter... I agree with that. <laughs> I ain't number one in nothing, but I appreci we appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. What, what questions do we have? I want to hear some questions from the chat. Sam wants to know if you guys think Matt Painter is the no-doubt national coach of the year. No, not no doubt. No, I don't think that. I think he's in the group that's going to be considered. You know, just... 
you, you got other you got Jerome Tang with what he's done this this year. Uh, it's been phenomenal. I think Bill Self still right there with what he's done this year. Um, Chaka Smart, what he's done in the Big East. If they if they win the Big East, um, so I think there's you know there's there's some other guys. I, you know, paints in the conversation, but I don't know if it's I don't think it's a no brainer um, when you're talking. You know, Jerome Tang's probably no brainer. Just nobody expected yeah. Kansas State to be what they are, but produce consistency. Thirty seconds. Paints right there. It's got to be Matt Painter right now because 23-2, and two, and to think that heading into the year, it's not like people thought this team was going to win the Big Ten. In fact, the consensus was is that they would take a somewhat significant step back. True. Let's, let's see. We're going to come on the, the break, and we'll, we'll jump we into Three, Caleb first. Two. It's the Field of 68 after dark on a Thursday night. John Fanta, Laval Jordan, Patrick Young with you. We're presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, you can check out our merchandise. We've got all kinds of shirts online. Field of 68 shop. Check out the daily as well. Subscribe to Mike Miller's daily newsletter where you can get everything you need to know every single morning just after 8 a.m. It's your college hoops fix every day. Hey, let's get the fix on Caleb first. He was fantastic tonight. A double-double performance for Purdue. In their win over Iowa, we often talk about Zach Eady. We've talked about the freshman guards, but there's a sophomore here. And Laval Jordan's going to tell us more about him after our conversation. But here's my one-on-one with Caleb first, who might get you craving for some fourth meal in your car. The Purdue are 23-2 and on the season. And the top-ranked Boilers bounce back tonight, 87-73 win over Iowa. With his third double-double of the season, we welcome in Caleb first after the win. Caleb with 11 points, 10 rebounds. And Caleb, when you've had a season with so much winning, what was the last 72 hours like? And perhaps how much... Is it beneficial, maybe, that you guys were able to go through a, a loss against Indiana and almost refocus, regroup to then get back in the Big Ten and get back in the wing column? Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, you never want to lose. Um, and so we just kind of focused on, um, you know, going into this game. Obviously, you want to get, you know, kind of that bad taste out of your mouth from losing. Um, and so, you know, but. You know, at the at the end of the day, it's the Big Ten uh, in a league like this. Rather you win or you lose, um, you know, the next day you got to lock in on the next opponent because uh, it's coming up quick. And so that's you know just kind of what we had to do with Iowa. Eighty-seven points tonight for an offense that has been churning. And look, you've got the best player on the planet in college basketball <laughs> in Zach Eady. Braden Smith, twenty-four points, five assists tonight. How would you describe him and what he's meant? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's such a great player. His his confidence, um, I would say, is one of the aspects of his game that sticks out to me the most. Um, you know, I remember last year, me being a freshman, I I didn't have that type of confidence. Um, and just to be able to see him, you know, come into the game and do the things that he does um, and lead us as a point guard, it's it's a huge, it's a huge, huge hope for us. A double-double for you tonight. What's been your approach 
to your role. And, and I'm curious as a guy who's six foot ten, playing alongside a monster who's seven foot four, mm-hmm. how much has that made you better? And and what's life like when you when you're playing with someone of that unique stature? Yeah. Um, I mean, with with most dudes, it'd probably be terrible, but with Zach, he, he makes it so easy with how good he is and with the way that um he just commands so much attention um and then we we trust him always to make the right read um whether it's scoring you know getting a little dump down pass um passing out for like a kick out three um so with just his smarts and the way he plays and and the way that we can trust him you know to kind of run our offense through him it 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 really helps a lot it it makes it pretty easy how would you say playing for matt painter and his staff has mm-hmm. allowed you, Caleb, first to see the game from a different vantage point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's – I'd say he's one of the one of the greatest basketball minds, if not the best in college basketball. Um, but he's he, – he's, he, he's so um, – he harps on a lot buying into your role. Um, and I think that we've been able to have guys do that this year especially and it's been something that's been really good for us um because we know that each guy is going to do his role and do it to the best of his ability you're from fort wayne one of indiana's zone tell me about staying in your home state for college basketball and when you're growing up in indiana like it's Mm -hmm. your earliest memory having a basketball in your hand (laughs) Um, no, honestly, I, uh, I played baseball more, more so when I was younger. Um, so that was kind of like my first sports memory, but, you know, growing up in Indiana, kind of in, in the center of the big 10, I knew, um, once I started to get good at basketball and, and knew I had a chance to play in college, I knew that, um, that I always wanted to play in the big 10. Um, and then once, once Purdue started recruiting me and just, um, seeing the way it was and everything, I, I knew it was where I wanted to go. All right, rapid fire. Okay. Your favorite NBA player growing up that inspired you, that that made you just watch and say, I want to be like him? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. I didn't really have a uh, – sorry, this ain't rapid fire. Uh, when, I, when I was in like middle school, like Christos Porzingis, that's my answer. I like that. I like that, Porzingis. Uh, you're in West Lafayette. You need a midnight snack or you need a late night meal. What do you have? Mm-hmm. Oh, Taco Bell. Uh, of course, Taco Bell. Or, or I've, I've kind of cut off that. <laughs> um, Why? So, uh, Come on. Cereal. You're 23 and two. <laughs> have, a ch- uh, have a chalupa. <laughs> it, wait, uh, but if you ordered, what was your, what's your go-to order there? Mine? Um, I usually get like a chicken quesadilla. Um, maybe a nachos bel grande, a couple of soft tacos, a couple of hard tacos, no lettuce on them though. Um, uh, the, uh, Cinnabon delights every once in a while, if I was really feeling adventurous, I would, I would get, I'd get the whole menu. See, you're my kind of guy, Caleb first, Caleb, thanks so much for joining us on field of 68 after dark. Yep. Thank you. I really hope that Matt Painter is able to hear just that last answer because get a chalupa. 
he ran through the whole Taco Bell menu. Oh my god! <laughs> and no lettuce. Hey, I, it, it's good to hear him talk. I, we recruited Caleb pretty hard in high school. He did not say boo on the phone. So it's good to hear him. Hear him. You know his maturity level has gone up. I went to that practice in the fall to spend some time and check those guys out. And Caleb came up to me and I was like, the Caleb, you know, we started recruiting him when he was a sophomore and he, he didn't say a word. So yeah, he, his personality is coming out. He's, you know, he was a, he was a monster in high school, man. You know, he's won the state championship as a sophomore. Um, dad, his dad, Gary, mom, Lotus, he, he was, but he always just a quiet kid and just went about his work. So now his personality is coming out and that's pretty cool to see. Mm. It's really cool. And Purdue, they get their 23rd win of the season now, 23-2 and two on the year, are the Boilermakers. Hey, earlier here on SiriusXM Channel 84, you listen to Gonzaga beat San Francisco 99-81. to 81. Zags bounce back from that dramatic loss to St. Mary's. Yes, they're two games back in the WCC, but on this night, Drew Timmy goes for 21 points. Rashir Bolton goes... For 23 as well for the Zags. And they get back on track. They get back on track. They win this game by 18. You know, we talk about Gonzaga and the level that they've been on for years. <laughs> Guys, it's it's just not easy to, to duplicate that to the level that they've been on year in, year out. Uh, Patrick, where do you stand on Gonzaga? Is this a team that you still believe could end up catching fire in March, making a deep run. Are you out on the Zags when it comes to Final Four this particular season? Where do you stand? No, I don't think I'm out on the Zags. Uh, I, I I believe in Mark Pugh and, and what he's done uh, with building a core group of guys that understand his system, um, the pay, pace of play. You know, I think sometimes the guard guard play, uh, it gets a little shaky. You don't know who's going to step up. That can be a factor. Um, but I believe with with uh, Drew Timmy, I just saw what what he did to Alabama single handedly earlier this season when they put a hundred hundred points on Alabama. Uh, I saw a team that is that's certainly capable of with the right matchups making a run. It they're just missing. You know, Andrew Nimhard. Nimhard. Uh, <laughs> you feel only they still one more year eligibility from him to come back but he's been doing some great things with the Pacers this year uh yeah yeah I think they can still make that have an opportunity uh to do so um you know St. Mary's his I can't remember the the freshman's name I don't think anyone was accounting on him Aiden uh, Mahaney Aiden Mahaney yeah of, of being such a stud that he's been this this season um and just crushing the West Coast Conference with with St. Mary's 10 and 0 right now in league play uh, when's the last time someone behind, besides the Zags has won the league? 2012. The by the way. Yeah, 2012. 2012. Wow, what a streak! Um, no, I, I, I certainly think Gonzaga has an opportunity with the right matchup. So that's anybody to still make it to the Final Four. Um, they'd have to really, because um, I think what they do a great job was getting to the the foul line. Um, that's a, a huge advantage for them, and that will be in the tournament. Getting getting opposing teams in foul trouble just just defensively and and their flow offensively will it be enough to make that run if uh if they get the, the wrong matchup I don't know yeah I like the Zags I don't know about Final Four I think they they just you got you get spoiled with 
with teams and and programs and one of the things you get spoiled with Gonzaga is like they've always had you go all the way back to Matt Santangelo and uh Dan Dickow. You know, they always had a guard. I know Timmy's, you know, he's a player of the year candidate. He's right there. They've always had even up to last year with Suggs and Nimbard and a dynamic guard that you talk about a lot, right? Yep. Uh, and and they don't have necessarily have that when you talk about the tournament and making that that type of a run, but could they do it? Yeah, they battled with the best, you know, this season. You know, they played like Patrick said, Alabama and Baylor and Texas, and you know, they've they've gone toe-to-toe with all of them. And and so you wouldn't put it past them, but but I, you know, just know right now, I think that and and they're not the only one in, in that conversation. So, you know, I think that's why we keep talking about Houston because you know they have a couple guards that can uh that can, you know, that can explode on you. Uh, Rashid Bolton's really good. He had a great game tonight. He was phenomenal. You know, he's not a point guard. Uh, he's a scorer. He's a shooter. Uh, he's good when he's playing alongside a really good point guard like like Nimbard or the, that he was last year. Uh, but he's had to take on you know a part a big part of that role. Um, but they're really you know what what Fuey's done over the last you know two two decades has been you know phenomenal. I mean you can't it's, it's hard to replicate and and if if a down year is like hey, you lose to a really good St. Mary's team, <laughs> then take that, right, as a as a coach. 60-second rant, if I may. If we're going to criticize a team as heavily as they've been criticized in a decade for being 20 and 5, then all, of, then all of your narratives out there you know who you are. All of your narratives out there that they can't win the big one, that they can't do this, that they can't do that, you cannot have your cake and eat it too on this show. We won't let it happen. I won't let it happen. It's not happening. We are too harsh at times on Gonzaga. We are. It's, oh, they they don't play anybody. It's, oh, well, you know, they don't have guard play this year. Like, at the end of the day, folks, they've won 20 or 25 games. They did play people. Mark Few's one of the best coaches in America. You know, had they stumbled? Yeah, but you know what? I'd argue maybe by stumbling, it might lead to some better March results. Who True. knows? Could be. Could be. Great point. Sure There's could no, be. When they ran into Aiden Mahaney, a really good guard, they didn't have an answer. So that's the issue. <laughs> Bingo. But, There's but no it doesn't not. It doesn't knock anything that they've done. Look, did you see the st- the graphic during the game? Since 2014, their record against everybody in the league not named BYU yeah. and St. Mary. They they lost one game, and that was this year to Loyola Marymount. It was like 200-something and one. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> it was I'm unbelievable. Like, I'm not saying that they're going on a Final Four run. Like, let's make that clear. But the discourse on Gonzaga – if it's not one thing, it's the other. We just like ragging on them. I think certain people like ragging on them. Don't rag on them. Mark Fuse built one of the best programs in America. Speaking yes. of best programs, we're going to talk about those programs. We unveil our national championship tier. I've got my tier ready. I want to hear what these guys have to say about it. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. Sirius XM. I love it, Panther. Clear. I love Panther. <laughs> we're bringing the energy tonight, right, Trevor? I mean... Trevor, a little bit harsh at times. 
Hey, I'm good I'm with you. That was a good rant, and it makes it easy to clip for Twitter. So I appreciate that on the production. By the way, somebody said in the chat that UCLA hasn't beaten anybody. I did. Somebody in the chat. Yeah. Nice. What else do we got, Trevor? What well, questions? We'll stick in the Pac-12 because Anthony wants your guys' thoughts on Arizona State, who have really been slipping lately. They are currently losing, I believe, by double digits at Stanford. Yeah, I mean, I, is, yeah, go ahead. Is, is, I, you know, it, it's tough. Like, this game tonight's big for USC, right? Because, uh, you know, I think they're in, but Oregon, you know, they're in there. But Arizona State, you know, U, USC needs Arizona State to, uh, to keep winning because they're one of their quad one wins. Um, yeah. So the league is... You know, I, they still have a chance because of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, 30 seconds. And so they're not out of it, in my opinion. Well, this is also life in the Pac-12. Those road swings are tough. They're they're tougher than maybe the objects are closer than they appear in the mirror. That's kind of the Pac-12. I mean, the, these road trips come up on you, and it Ten. could end up – sometimes the Pac-12 defeats. That's all I'm saying. Here you go. Three, two. Kono bringing all the hits on the field of 68 after dark are presented by Bet Rivers. We're on Sirius XM College Channel 84. John Fanta We've got the coach's perspective from Laval Jordan. We've got the player's perspective from Patrick Young. It's great to have you with us, everybody. It is now time to unveil our Field of 68 championship tier. Earlier today, I was talking with our producers, Dagan Hughes, Trevor Valise, about, you know what, guys? Here's the teams that I believe need to be considered in the national championship conversation. Now, it's a big conversation. We we all know that. But I'm going to give you guys the quick rundown here, and you're going to react, all right? Here are the nine teams that I'm most bullish on when it comes to chance to win the whole thing. Number one's easy, Purdue. We have spent more than enough time on the Boilermakers and what makes them special. Number two, Alabama. Alabama is 11-0 in conference play for the first time since 1956. Crazy. And they've won almost every one of those conference games by double figures. Brandon Miller's a freak of nature. They've got all the pieces and parts. Houston is three. Marcus Sasser just refuses to be denied. Jarris Walker's a lottery pick. They're tough as nails defensively. Kelvin Sampson gets his teams to get better as the year goes on because he demands more out of his players than they even know they're capable of. They're three. Arizona's four. Azulis Tabellis is an All-American. And he and Omar Ballo are just a load to cover. If their guard play is even okay, I'm I'm good with the Wildcats putting them in there. UCLA. That's right. There's two Pac-12 teams in my championship tier. Jaime Hawkins is All-American material. Nick Cronin went to a Final Four two years ago. And he's got pieces that were on that team back. Adam Bone has gotten better and better. I like their supporting cast. All right, four more. Kansas, you have to put them in the championship tier. Right? They can repeat. Jalen Wilson's an All-American. 
They play small ball, and that ends up being an advantage for them. And they've got the best coach in the country. Baylor, because of the backcourt. If we say it's a guards game, Baylor epitomizes that. Texas. Texas is in there for me. They're top 30 in Kempom offense and defense. And to me, when you've got the playmaking that they have with Marcus Carr and with Tyrese Hunter, who I think will figure it out, with Mitchell, with Allen, they've got too many pieces and parts, and they're tough. They've got a toughness. The final team in my championship tier, because we couldn't all go vanilla. I couldn't just, I couldn't just go normal the whole way. The ninth team in my championship tier, cracking into the championship tier on this Thursday night, the Creighton Blue Jays. Okay. Balance. Okay. Voice, guard play, elite rim protection from Ryan Kalkbrenner. They are the team we thought they would be back in November. Now they've returned to that. They've won seven in a row. I think they can make it an eighth in a row this weekend in Omaha at home against UConn. They're rolling. That is my championship tier. Reaction. I, 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 I agree with most of those, John. I would say there's, a tier, one, there's a tier one and a tier two amongst them. In, amongst in my them. opinion, I would say Creighton's probably tier two in that group that you mentioned, even Kansas. And the reason I say that, Creighton's playing really well at the moment. Obviously, Cockburn is out, but but obviously their their ball security and their shot making. They're not, you know, Shireman's a Shireman can really, really shoot, but they have their nights where they 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 don't make them. So yeah. their defense has to hold them down. Kansas, yes, because Jalen Wilson is a monster. Bill Self is phenomenal. But Dewan Harris, when they've lost, he scores like zero points, two points. Uh if they get assist consistent Dewan Harris. Yeah. Yeah, so that you know kind of throws them in that second tier, but you know I agree with you. I would, I would add in there, and you said it is huge, huge game on Saturday. I would add Connecticut back in there in that in that second tier, because I think they figured some things out in the Xavier loss. Tristan Newton's really aggressive now, and he scored. He had triple double last game. Like the way he was playing at East, like he's just playing now. He's not trying to be a point guard. He's playing. And they needed that from their guards. They needed they needed to be able to put points on the board when everybody was locked in on Sonogo and Hawkins. But the rest, I, I I'm in on. I, I like that group of, you know, UCLA. I think you're that you're spot on with you know Hawk has been a mismatch and, you know, so I, I think it's in Arizona's their defense is picked up. That's the thing. But yeah. like maybe UCLA in a fifty under sixty point game, that said a lot about Arizona. Because that wasn't the type of game that you would have pegged them to win. And I think from then on, you know, if their defense is, is even close, if it keeps moving in the right direction, shoot, we, we know they can put points on the board. And when you get to the tournament, the game's called different. It opens back up. So offensive mm -hmm. teams have some, you know, they have some sort of advantages. So the Xavier's, the Marquette's, the Arizona's, the teams that can really, really score. Uh, the game will open back up. You're in your league right now. Everybody knows your stuff. It's physical. It's a monster. Ref stop calling fouls. Uh, the tournament change it changes a bit. So I don't know, Patrick. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> uh Rob. Rob liked your call there. And uh, the group text. Uh, I think uh, that, I did that just for Doster. I did it just for Doster. Oh you know he was a fan of that. Laval, come on. Tier, tier think, two though, second tier Phantom. 
Not, Kansas, not we're not gonna we're not gonna get it too excited. I think I'm I'm putting Kansas at that four spot instead nice. of Arizona. Okay. I I just believe, but you know, to your point, Dewan Harris when he is bad, they are not winning uh, a game. Um, I I think that they have solved that formula as for him uh, to find that bit of aggressiveness that he needs to find uh, out there. He doesn't have to be a game controller but he knows he has to make a few shots to open it up for the rest of his guys because he is a great point guard and getting shots for his guys. Um, I, I think I think I will put Texas one spot ahead of UCLA. I think that's that's pretty interchangeable. Yes, with that, that's around the sixth and seventh spot. Um, yeah, I don't after after what Tennessee has has kind of faltered. With these last three games, they've had a skid. Yeah, they won. They they lost, lose to Florida, beat Auburn on a fluke, uh, lose to Vanderbilt last night on a crazy. Cra- Did you guys see that series by chance? Unbelievable. Oh ending yeah, ending to that game. I first off to be in a situation where you have four fouls to give <laughs> for Vandy with thirty seconds left, and then Julian Phillips doesn't take the wide open layup. I just, I, I just think, yeah, I, I think Tennessee is going to make the elite back. eight, huh? Three possessions is it like take the layup and, and t- it will, you got to be up three possessions because anything can happen. You just, you just got to you got to take the points. Yeah, I think Tennessee is elite eight worthy. I don't think they're uh, offensively. I just can't see them being in that sec- that first tier enough to to do anything special in the tournament. I mean, their top scorers averaging Santiago Vescovi averaging eleven. This year, 11 and a half. You need somebody. They don't have an alpha, a dog. I don't think Zakai Ziegler's enough. Uh, and I think I'm going to take Xavier in that in that last spot over Whoa, Creighton. Whoa, Xavier from Patrick Young. Yeah. Why, why could Xavier win it all? Man, their guard play, their coach so well, uh, dynamic, and obviously in the ba- in a basketball league in the Big East. Um, I – I think Sully Boom, with what he has done as a grad grad transfer, I think he's he's the the, the engine. But who's the big guy, Fremantle, Fremantle, and Nunji. He, he's, he's, he's a two of them. He's a tough matchup. But I, I was gonna say Boom because the dude scored his whole career. And when you get in a tournament, like if you get a guard, you saw it last year with Caleb Love, right? You seen it with Kimber Walker. I saw it up close and personal with Trey Burke. Like if you get a guard that can carry, you can just ride him through the tournament. So Sule Boom goes goes bananas. You could Xavier could do you know. So I wouldn't. That, that they were one of my dark horses, Patrick, because it's like if you have a guard that could just hey just put a put a quarter in and ride him because he's just going. You know he can take you there. Baylor Fanta, I don't know because here's why I say that they're the defensively they're not up to Scott's typical. Every day John is back. Now he's back. That makes a difference. Because they hadn't been, you know, Scott's been elite. I mean, you're talking top yeah, four, yeah. top twenty yes. in the country defensively. They need with the guards, but now what they got, you know, now that they got a guy back, that may change a number of things for Baylor. So, but I don't know. All right, we'll resume this conversation. Who do we think can win the national title? Plus, up next, it's time for bubble talk. Oh, yeah. Should John Calipari be sweating at night? 
All that and more coming up. Feel the 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trevor, what do you have? All right, here's one from Jacob. Out of all the number one seeds right now, who do you guys think is the most suspect number one seed, the one you trust the least? Who are the number one seeds? Purdue, well, according Alabama. According to field, Fielding the 68, Fielding the 68 from Lucas 68. Harkins, Andy Bottoms, Rocco Miller, and Brad Watson. Their ones are Purdue, Alabama, Houston, and Arizona. And without a doubt, I would say Arizona because Kirk Creesa and Cordy Ramey can be frenetic. Things could go a little bit crazy with their backcourt at times, and things fall out of control. Arizona is the one seed in our Fielding the 68 bracket that I think is most susceptible. Anybody disagree? I could, I could roll with that. I could roll with that. I could roll with that, yeah. Trevor, Just what because, else? Yeah, you, you, sometimes it's like Forrest Gump, right? Box of chocolates. Right. Here's an interesting one got? from Bill. If Marquette played Purdue again, would they win? Possibly. Um, they still have 30 seconds. Here, here's what, uh, you know, Rutgers, Indiana, Ohio State had them beat, and then they just turned it over late, right, and then gave up a three. But you had a physical enough, athletic enough five, and then you have big guards and wings that can recover to the shooters. Like that, That's been the teams that have given them issues. Marquette, the pressure they got them and tried to turn them over. Um, but I don't know because their five is a super suit. Three, two. Final segment on this Thursday night edition of the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM College, Channel 84. We are presented, as always, by Bet Rivers. And it's that time of year, folks, where we're about four weeks away from Selection Sunday. So what do you want to know about the bubble, the bracket projections, what the forecast is? Our crew on the Fielding the 68 show will give you all the answers you need tomorrow, Friday, 5 Eastern time live on the Field of 68 Twitter and YouTube. An updated bracket, your questions answered, what life is like on the bubble. Lucas Harkins, Andy Bottoms, Rocco Miller, Brad Wachtel, they work on their projections. They work together on a collaborative effort, fielding the 68. We don't have one bracketologist. We have four, and we're going to bring them all to you 
tomorrow, Friday, 5 Eastern time. Don't miss the show because it is that time of year. Laval Jordan, it is that time of year. For these teams that are on the bubble, for these coaches who are on the bubble, how do you deal with life on the bubble? You 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 remain as best. Now you just keep it one you know one day at a time, one game at a time, as coach. And it sounds like coach speak, coach talk, but it's where you have to keep your focus. Um, now easier said than done. And, and as a coach, you're you're talking to your guys about not paying any attention, but it, it's really hard, especially today in the world that we live in. Um, but you're just trying to keep a steady focus, John. To be honest, on you know, uh, just let's operate and take the day, right? And take one game at a time and control what you can control. And that's the message probably every coach that's living there because you don't want your team's anxiety levels up. You can't have yours up. There's a lot of these teams have plenty of opportunities left. I mean, there's a lot of basketball still to be played. So, you know, it's um, you can get high after one win or low after one loss, but there's plenty of ball still to be played. And if you're right there, and you know you still have a conference tournament to play. So it's just one game at a time. Yeah, agreed. It's such a hard world to live in with the social media, the inevitable questions. These players obviously are looking at all this stuff. Don't tell me that they're not. You know what you have to do. And right now are fielding the 68 crew. Again, Lucas Harkins, Andy Bottoms, Rocco Miller, Brad Wachtel. Their last Four in, as of their bracket earlier this week on February the 6th, Kentucky and Memphis, as well as North Carolina and Oklahoma State. Okay, State. Man, man. If we got Kentucky and Memphis and Dayton, just take the roof off of UD Arena if we get John Calipari meeting his old school that he was at in Memphis. I'll tell you what, guys, Kentucky, Carolina, if I put those two in front of you, Patrick Young, and I said only one of them is going to make the NCAA tournament, who do you like more? Oh, man, why'd you do me like that, John? Hey, I'm telling you right now, I'm not throwing a hanging breaking ball to you at 11.52. (laughs) We finished strong on this show. We finished strong on this show. I feel that. Man, being real, Arkansas punked Kentucky. Yeah, they did. But then Wake Forest, they got they got North Carolina lost to Wake Wake Forest this past weekend, right? Yep. Or, yeah, they got they got punked pretty good as well. So neither team neither team really has a great case showing up right now. Um, one team to make the tournament out of the two, man. I'm I'm going to say Kentucky just because I think they have uh, better opportunities with to build their resume. Uh, just looking at their schedule, having Tennessee at home, have Mississippi State on the road, uh, and that, that's no that's no easy. Kentucky has Georgia on the road this weekend, and I know it's Georgia, but that's not going to be an easy game. Mike, this Coach White has turned turned them around. From last year to to this year, it's not going to be a, a walk a breeze of a game. Is um, there an easy game for Kentucky? There's no easy games for Kentucky. Is there an easy one? <laughs> no. And I'm I'm not even you know they got Vanderbilt at home in March, but Vandy they've been besides besides the 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 
little brothering they got they received against Alabama a few weeks ago, 55 points. They lost by 55 to Alabama. Besides that, I think Vanny's tough. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say Kentucky has the better chance of making it right now. You want my answer? I, I, I think North Carolina's roster is better, but they. Then they how have, could they you say if you think Carolina's roster is better? If you think Carolina's roster is better, how could you say Kentucky has a better chance after just listing that schedule? Oscar Sheboy. If I if I was picking between the two of them, I'd say Carolina because they don't have any qual four losses. Kentucky has one, but I'm picking neither of them. I'm saying Wisconsin. Like they got six quad one wins. What are we doing? Mm. We're talking about teams with one quad one win. Wisconsin has six of them. There you go. And, and they're not in. <laughs> they're point. in our first four out right now. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm with you. And they and let's see here. They won earlier this week. They beat Penn State. I bet you I'm going to bet right now that Lucas, Andy, Rocco, and Brad are going to have Wisconsin in their projection when it comes out tomorrow, 5 Eastern time on the show. I, because with T.O. on the net. I'm going to be jumping on the Terrence Oglesby train with the net. Like, Don't pump him up. Don't <laughs> pump him up. He'll do victory laps all <laughs> night long with the net. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Carolina and Kentucky weren't named Carolina or in Kentucky, I don't think they'd be in the field right now. I really don't. And they got one quad. One, they're one and seven and one and eight. They haven't wow. done anything against um, them. And, and that's not to knock them. It's just those are the games on the schedule. You got to you, you have to compete them. You got to play. I think they, they obviously they can both turn it and they have play, there's plenty of time, like Patrick said. But wow, you know they needed that Kansas game. Kansas, Kansas <laughs> yeah. just tougher. More Carolina, Carolina to me is the most frustrating team. How do you go from making the national championship game to now barely being in the NCAA tournament if you're in on February the 9th? This is not hard. They have an all-American caliber big man in Armando Baycott. Caleb Love and RJ Davis are back. They've got enough. Don't tell me that they don't have enough. And and you're right on Kentucky. Kentucky's got enough, although I don't like Kentucky's backcourt day-to-day they're inconsistent carolina's got too many dudes who were in a national championship game to not make the ncaa tournament for that to be in jeopardy at this stage that's disappointing and frankly there's not much of an excuse for it in my in my humble opinion look it's hard i know college basketball is hard but north carolina has been disappointing and i think hubert davis would have to agree at this moment that that his team has not been able to live up to the standards in a league that they frankly could be ruling. They could be top three in the league. They should be top three in the league. Anything I'm saying that's false? Has that happened before? A team that brought just about everybody back from like a deep run that that didn't make it the next year? I don't know. You'd have to talk to the researchers on that one. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, no, I just, for- it's a, I don't know what it is. Obviously, we're not in the locker room and behind the curtain um, with Carolina because they're 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 talented. We all know that. So, to I can't sit here and it's hard to put a, put a finger on you know the the inconsistencies and only the coach and the coaching staff 
know, you know, what's happening every day. And only the players know the conversations in the locker room. Hey, uh, last notes here, because we got one minute left on Sirius XM. Northwestern beats Ohio State tonight, 69-63. Brooks Barnheiser with a big night. Boo Bowie win for 19 points. Barnheiser ended up coming up huge off the bench with 19 as well. Northwestern goes to 17-7. and Our feeling the 68 crew has them currently as a number 10 seed. So they, in a, an important game, Ohio State has really struggled. They were able to take care of business. They get that win. Plenty of Pac-12 action still going on. If you're a college hoop chunky, keep tuning in. We're on with you throughout the weekend. We're on with you at 11 Eastern time. Feel the 68 after dark for Laval Jordan, for Patrick Young, for my producer, Trevor Valise, for Caleb First of Purdue. We thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you this weekend on the Field of 68. Sirius XM College, Channel 84. After dark time, the afters. Let's uh, let's keep going on Northwestern for just a second. We had a few people in the chat say, did this win solidify their tournament position? They were a 10 seed before the win. They currently sit in second place in the Big Ten. No, it didn't solid solidify. Solidify? As in, like, now they're not, they, there's no way that they can't make it? Is that what you mean by the question? Was that Was that six for them? They have five quad one wins. That's a quad one win on the road, right? Ohio State? I guess. I mean, yes, um, but Ohio State is like a top 20 net team, and they're 11 and 13, so. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like, the net. <laughs> hey, Come on. But, but that counts. I mean, don't, you, it's, I don't get to decide why it counts or doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, on paper, it's a quad one win. So now they, they're at six. Ohio State is three and nine. They're three and nine in their conference. Three and nine. <laughs> and that's a quadrant one win. Hey John, yeah. don't be mad at me. I didn't I didn't set it up. I'm just looking at the sheet. <laughs> I'm with you. Honestly, because yeah. I you know, as a coach, you, you get frustrated. Like Buzz Williams last year, he was extremely frustrated. I'm trying to understand, is it number of wins? or the number of quality wins. So so even Houston, for instance, they got four quad one wins. Do you know how many teams have more than four? Yeah. In the country, like like Kansas has 10. So why wouldn't they be a one seed? But the, and I'm with you on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they don't Kansas, have any. They've only lost to quad one. They're 10 and five against quad one. They haven't lost to anybody else. So I, I'm trying to, and I know Houston has 20 plus wins, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know the metrics. I don't do the brackets. I'm just saying on paper, it looks like Kansas, Purdue, Texas, and even maybe Baylor should be one seeds. Well, our crew has them currently as a two at fielding the 68. And our crew right now, as I go through it, Kansas and Texas, Baylor, Kansas State, Iowa State are all but my. So my question four. is, John, they, how can you have the 10 quad one wins, the most in the country, and be yeah. a two seed? Like, I don't understand. Because that. because they play in the best conference in America, and as a result, what happens is they get faulted for having five losses, which isn't fair. I'm not saying it's fair. The fact is the net formula is inconsistent. But we're going to put a, a team that only has four of them as a one seed? Yeah, because as according to, to – I'm with you. According to the net – 
<laughs> margin of victory matters. Now, I think that that's a bunch of hogwash. I mean, well, apparently now that. you have to manage garbage time differently. Yeah, you do. That's true. And you can't fault coaches for playing numbers, right? I, I, do, I don't fault you. Don't yeah. fault anybody. In that just, case, make, take take layoffs when you're up and the game's pretty much over. Yeah, pa hey, Patrick, if the net was around when I was playing CYL basketball, I really would have never played. <laughs> That's true. Dang, yeah, we, wouldn't yeah. get those, we wouldn't get those moments that our walk-ons getting in. I will say this bracket was made Monday before the Kansas-Texas game, so I don't know if our bracketologist tomorrow will have bumped Kansas up for that win. That got them 10, but... Are they yeah, working and, and right now feverishly? Ours, it, not even ours on this one. It's like all the brackets. It's all every, it's all so I'm saying like, hey, there's teams with eight, nine, ten. You know, if that matters. Now what I don't know, does that matter? Or just getting 27, 26 wins or something. You know, like what matters the most? Because if you're in it and you're coaching, you're trying to figure out right, what matters the most. You want to just be in. Like do what you gotta do to do what you have to do to get in. But if you're these at these teams at these levels, you know it's like what matters the most for us to for, in terms of seeding. Now, like, see, there you go. I look at Memphis, right? Because Memphis is, was in our last four in. They have one quadrant one win, one. They are four and three against quad two. It's fine. They're seven and one against quad three, so they do have a quad three loss but guys they have a 13 13 of their 18 wins have come in quadrant three and four are we just going to reward i'm just saying like are we just going to reward a team for accumulating wins it's called good scheduling john <laughs> well it's called playing in the american too yeah yeah right, patrick yeah that's true i i i have the same argument what you're saying with with uh, Missouri early on, then they had then they ran into Kansas, got yep. breaks beaten off after starting out twelve and zero, but proved themselves against Illinois and Iowa State, Kentucky, and I I, I saw they're the real deal. Mississippi State same started off undefeated and LSU accumulating quad three, quad four, maybe one quad two game, and then when they got faced some real competition. Faltered. LSU has one one league win. Uh, Mississippi State's, in, I think they're in consideration right now. They're they're outside looking in, but yeah, that that strength of schedule. Don't especially if you're in a conference like the American or whatever it may be. You gotta you got you have to go out and play those games that can help help you later in the season because you're not gonna get. Yeah, they're gonna accumulate a bunch of Q three and four four wins that doesn't really do much. If you lose one of those games, though, that'll do a lot for you. That's for sure. Whoever was asking about Arizona State, they're on the, they're up two at Stanford. They better pull this one. They got to pull this one out. They need sure. to win that game. Man. They need to win this game here. Arizona State has got to find a way. If they're going to keep a pulse of any sort, they're up two on FS1 for those who are flipping around 67-65. Michael on Stanford, Adam. Arizona's up 13 on Cal. That's not surprising. Fellas, Oregon is up 15 on USC. Now, Oregon is a team that's on the bubble. And they've got USC here tonight. They're up 15 at the half. It would appear. It would appear that Dana Altman and Oregon have figured some things out. They've got UCLA this weekend. 
Yeah, they, they that's, their, that's their only quad one. So here's that. That's you were just talking about with the Pac-12. That's their only quad one opportunity left on their schedule is the UCLA game. Now Oregon. here's the here's the wild thing, Laval. If Oregon beats UCLA, they'll have as many quad one wins as Houston. So, wow. so, so Kansas has 10, Purdue has nine. Guess who has the third most? Seven, tied for third. Baylor. That's one of them. Right? No. Nope. Iowa. Iowa. Oh, Iowa, Goodman's no, team. Iowa. Iowa's Iowa. tied for third in the country in quad one wins. And Iowa and Iowa State, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't. That, I'll tell you what, Iowa tested themselves. They played a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule. They really did. But it, but how does it – now they have a quad four loss, but the fact that they have seven quad one wins and they're not in the top 30, that's crazy. That really, that really is. It's it's a weird metric, folks. What's it, this do tonight, John? So, so educate me. So like USC, Oregon right now, Oregon's winning. USC's yep. 50. Oregon's 53. Right. A season. They're two and three versus quad one. And they, they've they got the quad four loss to Florida Gulf Coast. Yep. They and end. they're a nine seed. They were a nine seed. I, I would assume they if they end. lose this they're, game, they're, they're going to be trying to. schedule's 55. Yep. And they're 50 in the net, and they got two quad one wins. But a quad four loss. Like, how's it? See, I'm not a bracketologist. I'm glad I don't do this stuff. I just rather coach the team. <laughs> what do our? Uh, well, then you got are, Oregon. Oregon's three and six against quad one. So Oregon's got three quad one wins. So they got more quad one wins than USC. Right, but they also name. they also had a bad loss, uh, like a bad loss. Like Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, <laughs> No, Oregon lost to who did they lose to in the uh, non? Oh, they lost to Utah Valley, who's having a good year, but they lost at home to Utah Valley. So like Arizona, someone is asking about Arizona State. They they they're and UC Irvine. Oregon's lost to Utah Valley and UC Irvine. They got two of them. Arizona State's seventy, but they got three quad one wins, but they have a bad loss. Oh my, um, St. Mary's. High ball Saint, game. St. Mary's and Loyola Marymount are going to overtime. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's and big. Stan. Stan's at it again. Stan Johnson. Tell you what, Stan Johnson is, he's got yeah. a team. He's at it again. He's doing, he, he had a good year last year. He's doing a tremendous job. You pay him a visit at all while you're out there? No, I haven't gotten over there. I need to get over there. I haven't had a date, like a day off when we're out here in LA. Really? It's more, but I need to. I should get over there and see him. He he's doing great. Well, Camp Shelton <laughs> twenty tonight and saying that's big, Patrick, because we were just talking about how they St. Mary's has that two game lead. But the, this this would be huge. Therein lies the whole Gonzaga thing. Like now, St. Mary's is understanding what's life like as the hunted, right? You know, Loyola, Loyola Marymount was going to give their absolute best punch in this game. Sure. Whereas Gonzaga gets it every night, every, every night. single night. I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect St. Mary's because they they've been excellent. They've been NCAA tournament program. But you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah, Patrick, you lived it as a player, right? I mean, you just if you haven't, if you didn't walk into that, it's just hard. Or if you, if you're the next 
group of players, like a, an older group graduates and they were successful. And then now, you know, it's on you next and you're just walking into every arena, you know, it's hard to, hard to handle. Um, when you have a reputation for it, they've been doing it for years, but it's still, it's, it's a different group each year. But now Timmy, Timmy's been the captain. Is, can, does he have another year if he wants to come back? Yeah. Oh, well. It's insane. We got a question from MK. You guys are like this, all right? We have a couple questions. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on a minute. Michael asks, this is for Laval. When you're in Indianapolis, is it Sullivan Steakhouse or St. Elmo's Steakhouse? <laughs> St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's. There's a Sullivan's, but... And Harry and Izzy's, too. And Harry, Harry and Izzy's. Same owners as St. Elmo's, Harry and Izzy's. So you're going to get the... John, you probably eat the whole thing of uh, of the cocktail sauce, don't you? Coach, you kidding? I mean, you can on, handle it. I can't handle it. It's too much. It's uh, Harry and Izzy's. Many a night, Patrick. Many a night <laughs> when Coach, Coach was like... Coach was getting locked in, I'm sure. I knew he was watching film. He was focusing in on his team and his game, his big game. He's he's locked into his scout, locked into everything. I, I'd interview him the night before a game. I'd be camped out in the upstairs of Harry and Izzy's having shrimp cocktail and a glass of wine, and I'm thinking to myself, this beats the whatever <laughs> those, those guys are doing up all night. I mean, I don't oh, – look, I envy the, the biweekly check, but my God almighty, I mean – I'll take Harry and Izzy's the night before getting ready for a Big East game. All right. Got to do that. That's a must. That's right. What's up, Trevor? We got some backed-up chat questions here I was saving. Um, let's see. Fire. Steve wants to know, would you guys rather have a team of really good athletes who haven't always clicked or a team that doesn't necessarily have the guy but have played as a unit when going into March? I'd uh, rather have a team that was playing as a unit. Yeah, for sure. March. No question about it. Yeah, I think those those things matter. Like I, that's why I think Texas. John, you had said Texas earlier. Like a, a a part of the formula is if there there's something bigger on the line. Like those guys locking arms with each other in spite of all the adversity. Yeah, matters. It matters when there's something meaningful and they have a cause and something pushing them, not just numbers, not just, you know, there's something else, right, Patrick? Like there's something else there that, so they've, they've got a, you know, a, something, it's going to be hard to break them when, when it comes down to it. Like they're, 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 it'll be hard for them to refuse to give in, you know, in, in that when they get to the tournament. Yeah, I think a, a team like that, that is, whether it's some <clears throat> at some adversity, some real deal adversity, and to be able to still play at this level just goes to show the closeness and the chemistry they have. It I don't think anything's gonna phase this this Texas team going forward. Like we ran into John, you remember the th the team we lost to at Louisville and they had uh Rush Smith and Peyton Siva, but they had the kid break his leg that season. Yeah. Yes. That was like the thing. They were rallied behind. Like it was going to be hard for anybody to be Louisville, just because they had the extra motivation to to do it together and do it for their teammate. And you know, like there was something else driving them. What else we got, Trev? All right, I made him wait long enough. Our guy Yuli wants Fanta's breakdown of tomorrow night's Big East battle between Xavier and Butler. 
Xavier and Butler, well, Sean Miller and Thad Mata, they spent time, time together. They spent time coaching together. There's a lot of, of, of good pictures that will be shown on the telecast on Friday night of them uh, spending time through the years together. And I'll tell you what, I, I think Xavier comes in, they're going to be fresh. I mean, they've had, they had the midweek bye. You're talking about one of the best offenses in college basketball. So the number one question going in the game is, okay, this is the first time these two teams are meeting this season. Very late in the year for that to happen in the Big East, as you know, Lavelle. That, that doesn't happen a whole lot this late. But the question's going to be, how does Butler get the game settled to a tempo of their liking and to a, a, um, a style that can fit their ability to hang around. And the fact is that is close to impossible to do against Xavier. Xavier has lost some games, but they've done it playing their way up and down open floor, passing up a good shot to make it a great shot. Honestly, I look at this matchup. Butler is overmatched in this game and Xavier has a chance to overwhelm them. Butler has got to find a way to get Manny Bates the ball and get Jack Nungy in some foul trouble early or else. And they're going to need their guards. They need Chuck Harris back in this game to have any sort of a, of a shot. He claims that he's feeling better. I, I noticed that he put that on social media. But, yeah, my, my key to that game tomorrow is how does Butler settle down Xavier's offense, which if Xavier clicks offensively, there's just no way that Butler's good enough offensively to score with them. Yeah, hard to do. And they've had a week to practice without Zach Fremantle. I think that's important because, you know, they lost a guy and they rallied and, and got two wins without him just on emotion and in their chemistry. But now they've had, you know, small ball lineups or whatever Sean wants to practice. They've had some time to put in. Look, but it's, it's a rivalry game. You know, things can happen. Uh, those teams aren't far away from each other. I know the emotions that go into that one and, and what's being said in the locker in both locker rooms. Uh, you can you can throw the records out of the window, you know, but I just did. There's so much firepower on the Xavier roster. Um, you know, Butler, they, they, they've got to shoot the ball at a high clip to, to stick around and have a chance at the end. Uh, and they've done it. I mean, they beat, you walk into Hinkle Fieldhouse, you know how that is, John. Like Kansas State walked in there and lost this season. And, and it was earlier, and they were trying to figure themselves out. But, you know, it, it's possible. But yeah, Xavier has a lot of – they just have a lot of weapons. It's, it's hard to you – know, it's hard to match up with. You said it. You said it. Uh, anything else, Trevor? Uh, last one from me. Let's see. Bill in the chat says, Patrick, do you think Florida still has a chance to make the tournament? Huh? Florida. This guy? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there's a chance. It's very, very slim. Very. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised they got blown out by they're, – they're 13 and 11. Just let that sit. How many 13 and 11 teams make tournament? It's not looking good. I think there's still some opportunities in the season to to get a quad one win here or there. Let's see. I think they got Arkansas, Kentucky at home. 
just outside of Castleton, who who steps up? Uh, see, quad one opportunities. You got Ar- on the road at Arkansas and Bud Walton. Got Kentucky at home after that. And then in the season, you got LSU. Uh, they, they, I, I would almost argue that they have to beat Arkansas and Kentucky and win out. Almost, they almost need to win out. Can't lo- You can't lose the Ole Miss. You can't lose the Georgia. I don't think you can lose the Bandy either. Either game. So, I don't know if they're good enough to do any of those things. And Bandy's playing better. Bandy is playing better. Tyron, Tyron Lawrence, he, he's a stud. He's they, he's no Scottie Pippen Jr., but he's a stud. Somebody asked who's calling UConn Creighton Saturday. It's Jason Benetti and Jim Jackson. Great crew. It'll be on Fox. You can catch LaVal Jordan studio. Big time top 25 showdown in Omaha. We will be there. John, let me ask you this. What about their dark horse Ernie team? John Fanta. Dark horse tourney team? To make, to make a run. I know you gave us you gave me your t- top tier. Right. So I'm gonna go with a team that if I go down dying with them, I'm happy to do that. And I know they got rolled earlier this week. They lost. Uh, and they did not have their star. My dark horse tourney team is still Jamie Dixon and TCU. Okay. Because when Mike Miles is fully healthy, they have an alpha guard. They defended an extremely high level. And between Damian Baugh and Eddie Lampkin and O'Bannon, their Emmanuel Miller, what he provides, versatility, length, score it. I like the way that their supporting cast has developed as the years gone on. And even though that's team, that team has gone through hiccups, guys, they're the team to me that's gone through hiccups but will be better because of it. And to me, did you guys notice last year in the tournament when they faced Arizona? Like, I know in the tournament you play like your life's on the line because it, it is. They really were playing like it. I mean, you want to talk about a team that was playing hard as hell. And they bring back that core. Tournament experience matters. If that logic is is something that makes sense, which I think it does, I'm still I will ride the Horn Frogs. I've got TCU to, to make a deep run. I think it's the year of the Horn Frog. They make they made the college football playoff. They make a run on the March Madness dance floor. You know, ride ride the wave. I'm riding ride the, the wave. wave. Who do you who do you guys think? Patrick, who you got? Dark horse. Uh, gosh, I was going to go K State just because that's what my heart's Kansas State. That's what my heart my heart is thinking think about Marquise Noel and and Keontae Johnson. Yeah, okay. I'm saying Big Twelve. Laval, anybody? So it, it's it's I'm saying St. Mary's. Okay. Yeah. Why? Here's why. They've got size to defend, physicality, and they defensive rebound. Yeah. Oh, snap. And then got St. Mary's is about to lose. <laughs> and they're about to lose. So my dark horse is about to go down to Loyal. Stan Johnson's <laughs> going to do it again. 
They are Two down others, three. I would say They're Rutgers, down three. But I think the they, ball. I think they make enough shots, and they got a dude that can like take over and just kind of go crazy. In Mahaney, I mean, I like that. I hadn't seen him till the Gonzaga game. I'd heard about him, uh, but I, you know, it's hard to stay up that late to watch those games. But man, he's good. <laughs> he is. He's really, really good. good. Patrick, have you seen him play? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh my goodness, he's special. You gotta watch him play, Pat. He's he's really good. Two others I would say. The Rutgers. other one I was gonna say was Marquette. Yeah, like yeah. that's the team. Like I, I, I just right like them. So I just like the way they play. I like their connection. I like their chemistry. I love Tyler Kolick. You know, I know their defense isn't like, you know, when they need to get one. But man, they you got to score. You got to keep up with them. Like they score points. You know, they can turn you over, and so they've got a different style when it gets to the tournament where if they're not making shots, they can still turn you over and turn it into offense. The other, the two other teams I would say, Rutgers, keep an eye on. You know, veteran core, toughness, great defense. Cliff Amore's big time, and, and Mulcahy just makes plays for others. If Cam Spencer hits shots, when he scores 14 or more points, they're 11-1. and one. Um, The other team is San Diego State. Uh, last year, they got snake-bitten in the tournament by Creighton. The best team in the Mountain West. They're a da- they are a dangerous team. Matt Bradley is big time, but they've also had Jaden Leday was a nice addition to that team. I like the way that they're coming along. I mean, I, I like that team a lot, and I think a Mountain West team's due for a deep run. San Diego State fits the bill. They really do. Ready Saint for three Mary. toasts? Saint Mary's officially goes Stan down. Johnson. By the way, we, we got to collectively collectively toast to Stan Johnston, right? Like, Done. goodness. <laughs> done. It's like an automatic. It just got, it just got it done. Just so, got it done. Loyola Marymount has defeated Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Kudos Stan Johnson. Stan. Good for you, Stan Johnson. And the man. Yeah. A toast to you. I like that Laval. That's a good one. That's a good one. That wasn't Patrick. my original toast, but man, how could you not? Right. That's the one. Patrick, anywhere you want to go. Uh, my toast will be maybe Patrick Mahomes getting his second MVP in six years. So, here's my my original toast, John. Before you go, was, and this is a uh, my 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 man Amir Abdul Rahim down at Kennesaw State. They got their nineteenth win tonight. So he he's he's in year four. They're tied for first place in the Atlantic. They're really good with Liberty this year. He's in year four. Year one, he won one game, starting mm-hmm. starting to rebuild it. One game, done an unbelievable job down there. He's going to get twenty wins this year. They might win the Atlantic Sun. They got a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Proud of him. So um, that's my that was my original toast before Stan got it done. Was to my to Coach Abdul Rahim down there at Kennesaw State. Good call. They're a really good team. Great job. I saw them in person. Yeah, they're great. You know what? I'm going to go a little bit different here. A team in college basketball that went four and twenty-two last year. Right now they're fifteen and eleven. They're eight and three in their conference. They had a coaching change and they made a hire that a lot of people were saying, wait a minute, who is this guy? Well, it's because he was in Division II Thomas Aquinas. Tobin Anderson and Fairleigh Dickinson University, F D U. A toast to you guys. Because You've already exceeded any expectation anybody would have had with 15 wins. They're a factor in the NEC. 
They beat LIU today, 80 to 79. They get 21 points from Ansley Almanor. A shout out to the FDU Knights. I mean, you go from four wins already to having 15 this year. And for Tobin, he's a guy that won a ton at St. Thomas Aquinas. He was making sweet 16s. He made an elite eight. It just goes to show you. And this Salmonan, there's a lot of great Division two and Division three and whatever coaches that are at other levels that people don't give credit to because they're not on TV all the time. But give those coaches some love because yeah. FDU gave Tobin Anderson a chance and he has made the most of it. Certainly. Cheers to you, Coach Anderson. Cheers to the FDU Knights. For producer Trevor Verlees, for Patrick Young, for Laval Jordan, I'm John Fanta. Trevor, are we back tomorrow night? So we're off tomorrow night. We're back Saturday at 11. And then Trevor and I are working on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday at 4. Who's on that show? Oh, Super Bowl appetizers are happening on that 4 o'clock show, guys. Oh, yeah. It's a must. I'm, wings are coming on that show live. <laughs> Coach, that's happening. Coach, enjoy LA. Get all some right, sunshine. I know you're not you're in that studio all day long, but 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 get some sun. Saturday. Dolster's gonna be shaking with the Connecticut Creighton at Creighton. <laughs> I've been in that building. You know how it is going to Creighton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, bud. All right, Patrick Young. Thanks everybody for joining Thank us. You. We'll talk to you Saturday on the Field 68 After Dark. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com